Well, it's good to be back again today and welcome everybody once again. Uh, today's topic is how is winter hardiness related for cover crops? And maybe a little bit more of an explanation of that is we hear the term, well, is it winter hardy or not? Uh, is this cover crop winter hardy? And that can mean so many different things. It can mean, does it survive the winter? And we all know we live in a broad range of the dynamics of winter, you know, from just a few freezes to deep, hard freezes well below zero. So I thought this topic was relevant to talk about because when you hear ratings of winter hardy or when you hear that such and such a cover crop came out and it's supposed to be more winter hardy or more cold tolerant, what does that really mean? And I think I, my main motive for this all, all is more having to do that when you are choosing cover crops, do you realize or, or, or what you're getting or else can you ask the right questions? I think that's important. Ask the right questions to those who are behind selling a certain species of seed and so forth. Um, so uh, I want to just do a, a, an overview of this. And I will um, just show some of the basics, what I'm going to be talking about today. And as a review at the end, we'll uh, pause for some questions about this, and then we'll open it up to any other cover crop question later on. So what I'm going to talk about today in this topic of winter hardiness, first of all, planting date. That usually has an influence. Uh, I think planting date uh, is, is a it should be more associated with a given first frost in the fall or the last frost in the spring that can help. But mainly the first frost in the fall helps determine planting date. And it says a lot of things about an area. Uh, that's a lot of one of the first questions I bring up when people are asking me, when's the planting window for a certain crop? And this all relates to winter hardiness. So I just want to remind us of that. The other thing is low temperature. And typically, that's what we associate with the winter hardiness. But that low temperature does not necessarily the all indi the indicator for everything in winter hardiness. It's part of the equation. And we have snow cover. We have wind chill. And another thing that people don't think a lot about is the number of freeze-thaw cycles. And that varies across the country. So... This is what I'm going to be talking about today. That's the outline. So I want to start with planting date. A lot of times this is associated with the plant hardiness zone. Uh, and I would say that planting date should not necessarily be associated with the plant hardiness zone. Many of you have seen these maps uh, that I have up here now. And uh, I'm going to use the U.S. as an example here. I know we have some foreign people that are a part of our, our group here, but you'll just have to apply this to your own country. Whereas uh, most farmers generally know what their zone is because it's associated with a lot of things in agriculture. But when we're talking about winter hardiness of cover crops, the, the, the zone that you're in is a starting point. Um, but these zones are essentially created based on the average lowest temperature of the year in any given area. 
And uh, it's too fine to read there on the right side. But that's what the color codes are are basically listen, listing. The, the, and it says in the top of the, of the right side, the annual, average annual extreme minimum temperature. And uh, so this chart here just goes down through there. So if you if your area, uh, I'll just use my area. I'm in zone 6B, and our average low temperature in Fahrenheit in the winter is negative 5 to 0. Uh, that's the average lowest temperature. So that's how the plant hardiness zone map is determined. That's what it is. And again, very helpful, very helpful, but don't just use that as a guide for uh, winter hardiness because uh, you could have a person who lives in 6B like mine, like me, but would have a different scenario as it relates to how cover crops can survive the winter. And I'm just talking about all things being equal, like the same species of a annual ryegrass or, uh, or something like that. Uh, and we're going to talk about other factors moving in. But these are this is just background information that you need to know or you need to ask when you are trying to determine if a cover crop that you want, you may want it to die over winter or you may want it to live. And obviously, agriculture, the weather, we all understand it's not an exact science but you know we always go by what's the you know generally speaking what are the um, what are the ranges of possibilities that I may have to deal with so that this is a good foundation uh, the next uh, kind of area here I want to talk about has to do with when the first frost is in the fall and that's the most important one usually with cover crops it's also nice to know when the last spring frost is and what's kind of interesting to know that you can't assume just because the first uh, frost in the fall is going to be the same uh, category as the last frost in the spring with the region you're in. I just use this example here from New York State. On the left-hand side, you'll see the average first frost, and I'm not going to go over this, uh, in particular, I mean, you can look at it, you can look it up, you can find this, it's not hard to find. Uh, you can look at your own state uh, for whatever that's worth. But you can see the chart looks different on the right-hand side, so you can't always just assume that they correlate. And there's a lot of factors going into all that, which I'm not going into. Uh, that being said, uh, when the first frost is, is for me, one of the more determining factors when I'm thinking about uh, particularly associated with planting data of a cover crop and then to a lesser degree the ability of a cover crop to either survive the winter in a given area or the susceptibility of a given cover crop to die or to be winter killed. So again I'm trying to give us basic information here that helps us make decisions I'm not going to be listing <clears throat> such and such a cover crop is winter hardy here and there because as with cover cropping, there are so many what ifs or it depends uh, type of scenarios. So uh, I'm not going to be giving specific recommendations here. This whole talk 
is so you're smart about determining winter hardiness of any given cover crop and associating it with any other areas of the country or whatever. So as I stated in the beginning, the plant hardiness zone is simply the average low temperature. Uh, so again, this is helpful, um, but then it's not an end all when we're trying to, de trying to determine winter hardiness. Now, one of the wild cards, one of the big wild cards, I would have to say, is snow cover. And um, we all know there's snow belts, there's areas, and it's kind of interesting. This is a cool map here to show the average snowfall in the U.S. And you can see to the east of the lakes, that's very typical that there is more snow fall and hence usually more snow cover. Um, I think we all understand that how insulating snow can be. So you can have a six inch depth of snow or better yet a foot of snow and it is a very good insulator for our cover crops that are planted in the ground. So you could have the exact same low temperature in a given area in two different winters, one with snow cover and one with not, and you may have complete winter kill where there was no snow cover and you may have complete survivability where there was snow. So when we're talking to people about cover crops and you're in an area that maybe tends to get snow or it's just worth a casual mention, you know what, this cover crop here uh, or this variety of uh, crimson clover will say uh, it's, it's kind of borderline your area, but if you have snow cover, it'll more than likely survive. If you don't, don't count on it surviving. So these are the kind of things you need to know when you're advising people uh, how this works. And then everyone has their own little microclimates, of course, and you know, you know, you get used to how, how to compare that with everything else. But snow cover is huge. And I'm going to give an example here coming up with the state of Indiana uh, that I think will be very insightful uh, give, and, and with this, too. So the other factor that I would like to bring up, it's not talked about a lot, and that is the, the, the wind chill factor. Uh, I like to say that wind chill is, you know, we all understand wind chill. Every time when it gets cold in the winter and it gets windy, they tell us what the wind chill factor is. Uh, I would say that cover crops are just like us as humans. They uh, are affected by wind chill. And you could again, again, have the exact same temperature with no wind. Or um, let's just use the, let's use zero Fahrenheit. Um, zero Fahrenheit with no wind. Could it could have a survivability of let's say an annual ryegrass, but zero degrees with 20 mile an hour winds or 30 mile an hour gusting to 40 could have winter kill. So you have the wind chill. Obviously, we just talked about snow cover, and that's why I'm trying to say it's not about the temperature. It is to a degree, but not totally. And that's what I'm trying to uh, use here as an example that it's more than just the temperature when we think about winter hardiness, how is it rated? Uh, one of the things that I am more astute to because of all the cover crop research I have done over the years is when I see advertising or marketing 
where they say, well, here's a certain species that was tested and it was it survived at zero degrees. Well, if that's all I see, that doesn't tell me enough. I want to know, was there snow cover or no snow cover? Was it subject to a wind chill event? Uh, and especially if it's in the Midwest, where it takes, typically gets colder and higher winds and so forth, I want to know that. So if I'm interested in a new or an existing uh, cover crop species and I see data, these are questions now that you can ask. What was the winter like? And that can be very helpful in determining your decision and knowing what you're buying. So, again, when we are talking about winter hardiness, it's not so much uh, the exact um, – well, I guess I'm trying to say it's not so much how cold it can withstand. It's more to do with how I need to understand what the rigorous testing was or just anecdotal evidence on a large area of how that cover crop either survived or did not survive. And again, sometimes we want one or the other, and it depends what you're trying to do with that. So I think that's just important to know. <clears throat> and um, I think the state of Indiana is a pretty good example uh, where you have a state that is fairly long, we'll say, north to south. And I know with annual ryegrass that the toughest part of the state to have annual ryegrass to survive is pretty much through the center of the state. Now, the reason being is the north part, the very north part, the top bordering counties there to Michigan, tend to get snow cover from the lake. And I, I don't know the exact low temperatures. I should go back and look at my map I just put up. But you could have survivability of an annual ryegrass in this, in this illustration in the northern part of Indiana, it could be froze out in the middle because there's typically less uh, snow cover. And then the southern, southern part of the state, it doesn't tend to get as cold where it has survivability. So maybe at the end here, uh, Dan Tower or, or Don Donovan, I know you guys are on here from Indiana. You could chime in on this. But uh, I'm just using the example here of when you hear – or you're interested in learning more about the winter hardiness factor of a given cover crop that you can ask these questions. Where was the research done? Where was the observations made? So that you can then assume uh, or know what to assume in, in the risk and so forth. Now, finally here, I'm going to cover another topic that you rarely ever hear about in cover crops. And that is the number of freeze-thaw cycles in a winter. Uh, those of you who might be involved in dairy and had experience with growing alfalfa, you're well aware of the concept of heaving. When the ground freezes and thaws, the ground expands and then contracts and expands and contracts. And sometimes it can expand four inches or more and it'll break off the roots of like alfalfa. And that's a familiar concept within the um, those who are growing forages like that. It doesn't tend to, grasses tend to be able to overcome that better. The same thing can happen with cover crops. So um, this picture here, I, I tried to find a better picture of this. I couldn't find it. 
Uh, but it actually shows you, and again, it's a little hard to understand it. I just use it as an illustration here, the number of freeze-thaw cycles uh, around the country. And uh, I was first, I guess, ex uh, under my first understanding of this came uh, many years ago when I got some lentils that were uh, very, very good in South Dakota. And, you know, South Dakota gets a lot colder than Pennsylvania, where I live. And so uh, when I ask about, you know, can I expect them to survive? And they say, oh, yeah, they survive every year. Okay, fine. Well, then it should work. We planted them here in Pennsylvania. Maybe 10% survived. Oh, okay, let's do it again next year. The next year, same thing. And got to thinking about this and thought, well, I wonder if, because where I live, we have a lot, we have a lot of freeze thaw cycles throughout the winter. In South Dakota, you have very few. When it gets cold, it stays cold. And if there's a little snow in the ground, it stays in the ground. And if you're smart and leave your residue there, it won't all blow away. So, um, this is a factor that affects some species. And, um, I, I'm inclined to think Harry Vetch is one of them. Uh, and I've, I've developed a uh, variety of hairy vetch here on my farm. And I think one of the reasons it's so good at, I'll use the term here, winter hardiness is because it's been selected in an area that has significant freeze thaw cycles. So this is just another dynamic to kind of put in your, uh, portfolio of ideas when we're talking about the winter hardiness of cover crops. Uh, the amount of freeze thaw cycles is does impact. Now there's some cover crops this has very little effect to. For a lot, primary the grasses, it doesn't seem. It seems like their roots can either stretch or I don't know how it. I'm not a scientist. I don't know how it works. Uh, but that being said, understanding the possibility of multiple freeze thaw cycles versus very few freeze thaw cycles can be a significant factor in um, in the the whole. Uh, topic that we're talking about here with winter hardiness. So just to summarize um, this whole thing here, uh, planting date and associated with winter hardiness, there's, there's definitely something there. I guess I uh, am reminding myself here in this review that I'll, I'll just use radishes as an example that a radish that is relatively young, or we'll say planted later, is harder to winter kill. It um, will plant it earlier and more mature and when the tuber, especially when the tuber starts protruding up out of the ground, it takes less cold temperatures to completely kill it. Um, so that's one example. I'll use hairy vetch again as another example, and this could be applied to crimson clover. Uh, and even <coughs> even to a, degree, to, to a degree, I've seen this with annual ryegrass. If it's planted very early in the planting window, and I'll just say in July, late July, early August, like after wheat, wheat or something, um, that if you get a lot of growth, in hairy vetch, it's primarily once it's over 12 inches or so of growth, it will winter kill generally. 
and again, it depends where you're at, but it almost, I don't know if the term is right, it smothers itself. Um, I have seen annual ryegrass planted early that it's just so thick that it, I say it just smothers itself. Whether that's what happens or not, I am not exactly sure. So there's always a sweet spot in these planting dates here for any given cover crop. And, and going back to Harry Vetch, it's nice to have at least four inches or so of growth going into the winter. That seems to be a good um, uh, time to get it in. Um, and again, I explained low temperature does not necessarily uh, indicate winter hardiness. You have to factor in snow cover and wind chill and also the number of freeze-thaw cycles. Now, I see Dan has uh, asked a question here in the chat. Um, what about adjusting for planting into dry conditions? And I know that's a very real uh, scenario for right now. And actually, uh, I was getting dry as well here to the point where our, we just received some rain. Uh, I uh, think some of my cover crops that were planted last week probably did not start germinating until we just got this rain a day ago. Uh, so how do you adjust for dry conditions? What do you do when it's dry and you know that that cover crop may not germinate until past the ideal planting window? Uh, do you wait till it rains? Uh, what do you do in that case? Uh, for me personally, I'll just share what I would do. I'm always planting the cover crop. I'm putting it in the ground. I will say this, one little thing that some people overlook sometimes is that if it's dry, you can plant your cover crops a lot deeper than what you know the instructions may say. So if you have a hairy vetch that you would like to get planted three quarters of an inch to an inch deep, you can plant it an inch and a half deep. If there's moisture, add an inch and a half if you can get it down that deep. Because when it's dry and it's usually warm, yet it'll come up very quickly. I planted radishes two inches deep in dry conditions, and they came up just fine. Uh, the worst thing that could happen in that scenario, especially if you have a poorer quality, quality soil, is if you get a drenching rain and it would just seal the soil over. But if you've been in the cover crops for a while and no-till, chances of that happening are nil. So for me, I'm planting. I understand someone who... You know, they're really watching their uh, their input costs and so forth. They don't want to take the risk of potentially not being able to get a cover crop out there. That's fine. But to me, that decision is no different than if it's dry in the spring when you're deciding to plant corn or soybeans. What do you do? Do you not plant your corn based on the fact that, you know, I don't know if it's going to rain or not? Uh, that's the way I would decide. It comes back to the saying I say all the time, treat your cover crops like your cash crops. So uh, for me, that's where uh, where I would be at. So, so anyway, <clears throat> that uh, pretty much wraps up my uh, topic for today. I'm going to open up the lines that if anyone has a question they want to ask and, and while you're uh, thinking about that. By the way, don't be bashful. I don't like to wait uh, very long. Um, but I will tell you that next week I'm going to talk about planting dates revisited. Uh, and, and some of them will be a little crossover to what I talked about today. But some of the planting dates that I see out there uh, I think need to be re-looked at based on current information 
and I'll just tease you a little bit based on the context of mixes and uh, companion uh, species and what all how that can affect um, our planting date. So this what I just talked about today can be kind of a foundation I think for next week is at least what I was thinking on that. So who has a question uh, today about about uh, winter hardiness? Stevis Don Donovan. It may yeah. not be really a question, just a comment. I think. I think, and Dan, chime in if you, wherever you think. I think here in central Indiana, I think the freeze thaw is as much an impact as anything. Mm -hmm. We can go through a lot of freeze thaw cycles in the, in the late winter, and, and I think that can have as much an impact as, you know, it warms up, mm -hmm. plant maybe kicks in, gets cold again, you know, and, and the pushing it up with the legumes yeah. is another problem, too. So. Mm -hmm. No, I, it's Dan. I I agree. It's and part of that is again. It's it's like anything. It's it's complex. So you know what's what's the moisture level in the soil when it's freezing? Uh, moist soil. You're going to have more of that pushing up than if you have dry soil. So uh, I also uh, on considerations of planting in a dry soil and i agree with you steve it's it's you know it's not, the seeds not going to grow in the bag uh but the big thing especially somebody new that recognized if we're planting uh in the planting window but it's towards the latter end and then it's three weeks before you get a rain you've lost a lot of growing potential and then if the if it winter kills i mean don't don't okay i'm not going to plant that again mm -hmm. uh recognize that it's you know you didn't have the 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 good growing conditions that you would uh, hope to have uh in the fall and i say just comes back to what i said it's treat your cover crops like your cash crops what would you do with your cash crops if you were faced with a similar decision that's how i would advise people to make their decision on that you you your farming is about risk and you have to choose how much you want to uh, do or not. Other questions? Uh, a lot of stuff. We got a lot. This is a comment. A lot of stuff we've flown this fall is rye, and you know, I, it, I, I told guys, I said, don't worry about it. It'll be there in the spring if it don't come up this fall. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's mm -hmm. it's just it's just a matter of. I think a better, you know, anything gets better than nothing. Mm -hmm. And and whether you get your money's worth out of it, sometimes the, the winter kill stuff would be what would bother me the most. Mm -hmm. You know, oats and mm -hmm. that kind of thing. You're just not going to get right. the growth you'd like. But. Well, and that's why rye, cereal rye, is so popular because you said it just like you said. If it doesn't grow this fall, it more than likely will in the spring. And so again, that's just the beauty of that of that uh, of that species. I know Andy, you're from up in Alberta. You're you're definitely a lot colder than a lot of us. You have any comments, insights, or thing you want to add from your uh, your perspective, if you're able to? Uh, yeah, Steve. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think even up here, freeze thaw is a big deal. One thing we see here is when we thaw, oftentimes we end up with a layer of ice. Mm -hmm. And as much as snow is insulating, ice is completely mm -hmm. non-insulating. Mm -hmm. uh, so kind of the areas where you would expect really good growth sometimes are the areas that winter kill because of that. The water runs there, mm -hmm. and uh, we freeze up, and that's the problem. 
Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Other comments or questions about uh, winter hardiness and cover crops? Just a kind of a general question, Steve. It's um, do we know with the different cover crop species uh, exactly where the growing point is mm-hmm. and how, how, how is there a relationship between that and, and winter kill? Uh, I'll answer that as I understand it. And I would appreciate a little follow-up, though, from you or whoever. Uh, yeah, I, I, again, not a plant scientist or anything. I know that growing points can have a factor. When you, as soon as you said that, I thought about the difference between broadcasting, um, and I think it was Don that mentioned aerial seeding, which is broadcasting, and getting the seed in the ground. Uh, I have heard, I've never seen side-by-side tests, but I've heard that um, – at least some species are more winter hardy when the seed is placed in the soil. Uh, it's not as susceptible to winter kill. In other words, it tends to be more winter hardy. I'm sure that would vary, but does there anybody have any comment on that? To if you're if you're gone for winter hardiness, if that's what you want. It, it's it again. You might you might make the statement. It pays to get it drilled in the ground. Is there any comments or observations on that theory? It makes sense. I don't have any backing to back that, but it does make a lot of sense. Other than that, to drill it, you may be four weeks later getting it drilled. So that's, again, you're right, Dan. But, yes, you're right. It's just, then again. come out of the ground. Yeah. So that that would be an interesting, uh, I've never really heard anyone have a side-by-side or replicated pattern of that in the context of winter hardiness. But, but I think this is what's important for, for uh, folks to understand is the d- dynamics that are involved right. and, and you got to understand those dynamics yeah. and otherwise you, you make, you know, uh, poor evaluations of, of, of a, right. a certain cover crop perhaps or yeah. whatever. I see John's on from New York. Um, John, if you can, I wouldn't mind hearing a little bit of your perspective. If you're, a bit, if you have, are you able to get on here or turn your mic on? Um, I think you're kind of in a snow belt. I'm not exactly sure where you're at. Um, um, but anyway, I don't know if John can get on here or not, but it'd be good to hear his response. Um, anyone else have a question on this winter hardiness topic? Well, just, just another. Uh, again, it's it's complex, and 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 one of them that's and we're probably never going to get a full answer to it. But it's you know you have enough residual herbicide that mm-hmm. you get a stand, but maybe it's not mm-hmm. as robust as mm-hmm. what you think. And yeah. I don't know how you can evaluate it, but it's it, it's just a question that I've always yeah. have: is that a factor with with winter kill? Well, I think it can be. That would be my answer. It can be. Right. There are times where that's a factor, and um, and I'll I'll just, just say too. Go ahead. Uh, you just don't have as vigorous a plant as you right. would like going into winter. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. And and I, I but, guess too, I hadn't really mentioned this in the in the, my, my main uh, presentation here, but one of the reasons we like to do mixes is so that we stand a better chance of, of having something that will survive. 
uh, if that's what our goal is. So I just a plug there for for mixes in that in this context. Okay, other last than one. annual ryegrass. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Other than annual ryegrass, what other cover crop species is variety an issue? Variety. Uh, well, I'd say quite a few species. I know. I think I hear what your question is. Uh, crimson clover, hairy vetch is really dynamic. Uh, there were 64 selections of hairy vetch tested here in Beltsville, Maryland, at the national um, one of the ARS uh, research centers. And there's a dramatic difference between uh, winter hardiness and, and winter survivability. Uh, even with oats, there is uh, differences. I, I think that was the question you're answering, asking, correct? Yeah, I mean, we we talk a lot when we talk to guys about about annual ryegrass to be really, really, you know, pay attention to variety. Mm -hmm. So I, I think we need to probably be talking about that on some other things too. Agreed. That's correct, and that's yep, that's exactly right. I'll probably touch on that next week a little bit with planting dates because some some varieties uh, that we have out there now, and I think there's going to be more coming. Uh, definitely will have traits uh, that are going to be better in this whole winter hardiness. I know of several selections going on right now uh, to be able to improve winter hardiness. Um, and I think the, the ultimate goal is to try to get a legume version of cereal rye. That would be really cool. Um, and so we'll see. We'll see if that's achievable or not. But. Okay, is, last. Is that, is that you? Using CRISPR for that, Steve? Oh, uh, well, that thought through, that thought went through my mind, Dan. Uh, uh, so I, I would assume that that will be tried. I will assume that. I don't know it for a fact. I, 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 I suggest you uh, roll back over on the other side of the bed. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't well, know. Just, just so you know. Uh, I, uh, you know, I'm, I, I am working with this, this, this topic is sort of near and dear to my heart because I am uh, working on an, on a hairy vetch here. It's going to be released soon. That's going to be, I'll just say in the top, um, winter hardiness ratings based on what I just shared today. Um, so how far we can go with that. And by the way, I'm not using CRISPR, Dan, uh, for that. <laughs> that's, that's where I'm at right now. Uh, so, but uh, good point. Uh, just one other comment, and this is it, it. I've seen occasionally folks that will advertise a certain uh, variety or brand as being winter hardy, and you can't find where mm -hmm. the trials were done. Yes. And I've dug into some and found out, oh, yeah, this annual ryegrass was mm -hmm. tested in Tallahassee, Florida. <laughs> Right. Doesn't doesn't you know? It, 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 again, you gotta pay attention to the details. It's relevant for Tallahassee, but not for Indianapolis. <laughs>